Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. Uh, I really, really enjoy things like this um, that are opportunities for you to learn about yourself. Uh, maybe things that have popped into your head here and there or that friends or family have said, you have this gifting, you have this strength, uh, but maybe you never really owned it. And any of these opportunities to um, own some of the things that God has, has gifted you in, man, it's a beautiful thing when it starts to, when it starts to come together. Um, all of you have been made custom. And custom stuff is expensive. All of you have been made custom exactly uh, to, to spec. My son and I were watching a, a thing late last night about how Bentley cars are made. And one of the things about Bentleys I did not realize is every single color is custom and they never repeat it. The customer has to design the color of the car. It only goes on one time unless you pay a huge amount of money to seek permission from the original owner. It's, it's always custom. You've been made custom. And what it means is that you've been gifted and wired and made in a certain way that you, you have things inside of you that can complete missing things. You have giftings that maybe you have no idea about already, that it just hasn't surfaced yet, or maybe uh, somebody told you to shut up about it when you were a kid. Some of you would always lean on that, that lie that I, I don't know what God's plan for my life could be because I'm, I'm too stupid. I've messed up. I've missed. I, I think I went the wrong way. I don't know if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I think that I, I went too far off the path and so I should just give up. Here's the thing is that God has already calculated your stupidity into the plan. <laughs> like that was, a, it was part of it. He's like, oh my gosh, 40, 43% error. I, it's already been calculated into there. And so one of the things that we just did here with, with the music and the singing, that was worship. And it's where we're recognizing the gifts that have been given to us by God and we're saying thank you and praise you, and we want to know more about you. We love when you're with us. How many of you, you just, you just wanted your dad to be with you when you were a kid? Man, how much more so than a heavenly father that you get to spend time with him. Those are other times of worship. Worship isn't just singing or music. Worship is all sorts of different things for different people because again, you have been made custom. And so not all of us are, are fans of music or singing. John Piper wrote, the chief end of man is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. Do you know that that's your, that's 
that's part of the plan that you can guarantee because it's spelled out in scripture that part of the plan is that you would ultimately just enjoy God forever. That you would enjoy him forever. Man, I can get sick of anybody. But that I'd be able to enjoy him forever. Worship isn't music. It's, it's loving God. It's honoring God. It's knowing who he is. It's adoring him. Proclaiming him as, you know, the, the best way that you know of for doing life. Music's one expression of that adoration. So there's only one path. The thing that we teach and hear always, there's only one path that leads to salvation for a person. That's through grace and acceptance that Jesus died on a cross for you. But there are many different expressions and ways of connecting with God while you're on that path. And we, again, we don't all love singing. Luke chapter 19, it says, Jesus heading to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you and as you enter it, you'll find a colt tied there which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. I love that line. If I get caught stealing, and they say, what do you do? That's what I'm, the Lord needs it. <laughs> the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead, of, sent ahead went and they found, found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. One of the things about scripture is whenever there's uh, a line like this repeated again, if it's the same line repeated again, like they hit it again the next paragraph, they're trying to put super emphasis on it, that this is an important one to grab or to, to look at and study that and for them, it's the Lord needs it. It says, they brought it to Jesus and they threw their cloaks onto the colt and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. This is where the idea of putting down the coat over the puddle, romantic gesture, where it comes from. That as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. They said, Blessed is the, key, uh, the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. The stones will cry out. That all of, all of creation cries out for the existence of God, for the, them being things that were created, and that meaning that there's a creator. Everything cries out. Trees clapping their hands, like crying out. Rocks splitting open, creating geodes, things that are dirt being compacted, turning into to jewels, just 
It, it doesn't matter if, if you don't believe the rocks will cry out. What it means is that there's this worship session that's continually going on all the time. All the time. You don't have to invite it uh, to, to make it happen. You don't have to manufacture it. You don't have to be the one that has the great ideas for how to make it happen. All you have to do with this worship session that is spinning and spinning is jump on and hold on for your life and join into it. So why'd you come to church today anyways? Um, what we're going to be doing soon is uh, heading into a class called Excavation that is near and dear to our hearts here. We haven't run it for a few years. Uh, it is going to be showing up in June, and the entire purpose of this three-week class is to search out your gifting and your purpose in your life. If you have that question of what, what's my purpose, like all of us, we have, we, we hit three major questions at, at one point where we say, where the heck did I come from? Where did I come from? Uh, where am I going? Like when I die, where am I going? We hit that one. But then the biggest one that, that sits in the middle is what the heck am I doing here? Why am I here? What was I made for? Do I have a purpose? And spending all of, our, all of our time on those things. But the coolest thing is being able to unlock these answers for, you know, kind of why you are the way that you are. Uh, that a lot of the things that you think are negative about you are actually meant just for something else. Um, like, you don't, you know... A hammer doesn't fix everything. And so today we're going we're gonna to take part in one of those uh, studies, tests together. Uh, I have given you a test, I think it's 56, 54 questions maybe. Um, it's 54 questions and I bet you can do it in under five minutes. Because uh, it's all about you. Um, and you should be able to kind of knee-jerk reaction answer every one of these. Um, the, the questions are going to be trying to identify one of nine different areas that you might fall into that you're wired for. Uh, these are different expressions of how Christianity is carried out. Um, and so we're going to give you about five to six minutes to work on this. Uh, you are going to give a number one through five to each answer. One being, this is not really me at all. Five being, ding, 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 ding. Like that's 100% me. And so one is not really me at all. And you can go anywhere in between, whatever. And if you're not sure, you go, man, I'm putting a lot of threes. That's fine. It'll, it'll bring you somewhere. And so we'll tally those up and see where you land. Hey there. Hey, it looks like a decent portion of you are finished up. I know that um, uh, a lot of you aren't. And hey, that's a, that's a nice little thing. You already know you're not probably not in the group of fast test takers. 
Just get it out of the way. Uh, if you want to just keep, just keep working on it, I'm sure that you're almost finished with it. Um, what we're going to do is just discuss some of these. These are uh, results of what are called sacred pathways. Uh, these are from an author, Gary Thomas, a very famous, very famous book, Sacred Pathways, and it's essentially um, through his experience with counseling thousands of couples and recognizing different giftings in them, not just counseling couples, he's uh, a renowned counselor overall, uh, but recognizing these different avenues that people would thrive in or they would suffer around. And so he wrote out what he believed were nine distinct pathways. If you're interested in, in the book and picking that up, it's of course full of far more information, but uh, Gary Thomas, Sacred Pathways. Um, what you should have done is added up your numbers to see what the total was in each section. Um, if you haven't done that, just go ahead and do that to get some results. Which one is the highest number? Which one is the highest number? How many of you were intellectual? Intellectual. Now these, these people live in that world of concepts. They, they might feel closest to God when they first understand something new about him. That, like that is something that just sets you on fire. Matthew 22, it says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The message that's going on right now that I'm giving, um, the message doesn't happen after worship. The message is worship also. How many of you got contemplative? Contemplative. Oh, we got, ooh, we got a decent number of contemplatives. I don't know what that means. But that you're, you're the kind of person who loves God through adoring him through adoring him, through adoration, that you seek to love God with kind of th that purest, deepest, brightest love imaginable. Like, love on steroids. <laughs> and a lot of times you'll be the people that, that you don't need anything but privacy and quiet to be able to look upon the face of your heavenly father. Man, contemplative is interesting. Matthew 26, it says, While Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste? They asked. The perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you'll always have with you, but you will not always have me. 
How many of you are enthusiasts? Excitement, mystery. You guys are the ones that are full of joy. The cheerleaders for God and cheerleaders for, for Christians. That for the, those who might be down around you, that you're the one who, who rushes in and will help to just save them. Ephesians 5 says, doesn't matter if they don't say it. Everything else will. The, the, the trees will clap. Ephesians 5, 18. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Not gin. Not vodka. The Spirit. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. How many of you are a caregiver? That one's hard. Caregivers are, they, you love God by loving other people. You're the ones who serve God by serving other people. And a lot of times you serve the other people who other people are super nervous around. But you're the ones who are able to... Um, To love the people that are in the margins, I guess. Hebrews 6, it says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love that you've shown him as you've helped his people and continue to help them. If maybe you feel like you've been, like you tried to help and you were taken advantage of, that you should know that your work did not go unnoticed. Activist? Activist? Anybody? Activists are the ones who will stand up for crazy things. That, you know, I, I, I recently went down a rabbit, hell, a rabbit trail of reading about human zoos. Yay, cool. <laughs> human zoos in the United States. Um, one of the things that sucks is Cincinnati had a human zoo uh, at different points. Um, and you can look it up and read all about it, and it's, it's pretty crazy. But that human zoos became outlawed and completely flipped in their views by the church. Because the church stepped up and said, everyone is loved by God and created equal in his image, that the people in these human zoos were considered subhuman. And so they said, this isn't, this isn't possibly right. You're... And it was the church who stood against everything and they, and they got it outlawed and just going down that rabbit trail, the things that the church has 
has stood against and changed for good. Proverbs 24 says, Rescue those being led away to death. Hold back those staggering toward slaughter. If you say, but we knew nothing about this, does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who guards your life know it? Will he not repay everyone according to what they've done? And so, you activists, your burden is that you can't not notice stuff. That you can't not notice uh, injustice. You can't not notice when somebody's getting ripped off. You can't not notice when somebody's being harmed. And so, uh, it will just eat at you. And it's saying, yeah, it's supposed to. And if it doesn't, and you don't let it get in there to where you have to do something about it, then if you're trying to ignore it, God just says that's going completely against him. And you're going to be punished because you didn't say something when you know you should have. How many of you are an ascetic? Ascetic. Interesting one. That you're the kind of person who can go into a room and pray by yourself for eight hours if you need to. I don't even know where that magical land is. I can't stay in bed for more than 24 minutes. But you don't need loud music or anything like that. You could just be left alone without anything. And the silence and the simplicity gets you to that place. Matthew 6, it says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray... Go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Man, I like that idea of good secrets. How many of you are traditionalists? You're the ones who stained glass and imagery and hymns and kneeling down and getting back up and the incense and different things, they are the way that you feel like you connect with God. That you have a, a, a need for ritual and structure, that, that you enjoy that, that you don't like experiencing chaos and not knowing what's coming next. You like to, you like to have a steady relationship with God. Acts chapter 3, it says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at 3 in the afternoon. They're doing this because every day, it was, that was just what they did, and it's repeated again and again and again, that they were heading to the temple in the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. This is what they did. Why change the plan? How many of you are a sensate? 
I'm a sensate, um, loving God with your senses. Um, I like beautiful things. And I like creating beautiful things. And I like creating dangerous things. And I like creating art. And I like uh, having people to my home and cooking the best food they've ever had at somebody's house in their life, including their mama. And being the one that gets it better because I want to be able to just love them in that way. And so any of those things I'm, I'm lighting, I mean, I've burned incense since I was like five years old. And I never knew that that was weird until I met some other people throughout life. I'm like, yeah, but it's like, it's so nice. <laughs> and you can watch the smoke and they're like, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> Sensates, though, what we're really good at is bringing authentic relationships to people, um, not shouting from street corners, but being able to weasel our way in with kind of anybody, that whatever it is that we recognize they need, uh, because we're usually really empathetic, um, if we recognize what they really need, we're going to try to fit into that spot, which also, red flag zone. That could end up being like codependency. That could end up being uh, where you are helping to keep them in a bad place. And so, uh, blah, 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 you got to be careful. Malachi 1, it says, My name will be great among nations, from where the sun rises to where it sets. In every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought to me, because my name will be great among the nations. Those offerings that were often bring being brought to God were art pieces. They were statues and paintings and they were their biggest watermelon. <laughs> Secret family recipes. But just things that would be missed. Like if, if you were to give them up that you'd be like, man, we, you know what, we're kind of hungry um, and we really could use this thing but we're going to give it to God. Any of you a naturalist? Last one, a naturalist? Oh. Oh, it's not what you think it means, what some of you think it means. Naturalist means loving God outdoors. Loving God outdoors, that the naturalist will seek to leave any kind of architecture and the, like if it was padded pews or these goofy seats that we have that hook together and they're always like kind of caterpillars that are a little bit wonky. That you want to get out of that place and you want to go outside because you recognize that God has built the, the best cathedral that could ever be imagined. That there's never anything man-made that could be opulent enough to compete with freaking daisies and clematis. And those hostas, but not the patriot ones, those, those are bad. 
We want guacamole hostas. Two of you in this room know what I'm talking about. Mark chapter 6 says the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. Then because so many people were coming and going that they didn't even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. And so they went away by themselves in a, a boat to a solitary place. For you uh, sensates a lot of times, or I'm sorry, naturalists, you will, um, you'll get trapped. You have to get outside. You have to, uh, how many steps are you getting a day? A lot? How many? Who wants to brag about their daily steps? Average? 8,000? 10,000? Do I have 11,000? Hey, you know, my friend Josh, it, I don't think he's here today. Um, Josh and I compete at everything, and he just keeps winning and beating me. Um, his average, I think, right now is 23,000 steps a day. Average. Man, some days I have like 42 steps. <laughs> and then I'm like, I think that just counted me like kind of shuffling back and forth. 2 Corinthians, it says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I think what it means is that there's freedom to play around. There's freedom to try some, some avenues of, of things that could be your calling. You don't need to nail it right away. I tried all kinds of different stuff. And some things were just, man, they were horrible flops where you walk away, what was I thinking? And other times you're just super surprised by something. Um, whatever you ended up with for your, your test result, um, at the end of that you have some homework that I would like for you to take part in. Please do this. It's a specific challenge for each one of your areas. For you naturalists, that you'd go on an intentional prayer walk. You'd unplug from electronic devices for some period of time. Uh, you would deliberately stop throughout the day to listen for God. Sensates, celebrate, seek out church worship and social events. Pray in color. Draw, paint, or doodle your prayer and see what happens. Take communion. Partake in Christ's body and blood by yourself. What would that be like? What would it be like? Traditionalists, that you would find prayers written by others that you can pray. Experiment with fixed hour prayers. That I pray every day at... 7 p.m. I pray every day at 6 a.m. for 30 minutes. And if I fall asleep, I won't punish myself. Because as a dad, I know that any time that my kids were little and they fell asleep on me, 
I didn't get mad at him. Ascetics, silence, that you would try driving without the radio on, without anything distracting you, just listening for noises, listening for weird creaks and wondering what that bottle is rolling back and forth in the back that's making you go crazy and just listen to it and listen for him and see. Just solitude that you would try to, to take a retreat, just you and God. And don't make that a big thing. I say, like, many, many, many retreat. Like, I'm going to walk 15 minutes into the woods at Mount Airy Forest, and I'm going to sit on one of the wooden benches, and I'm going to be quiet and listen. Man, I just gave you a good one. Simplicity, downsize something in your life. Become leaner. Activists, support a cause with your time, with your action, with your financial support. Nobody likes the activists that don't do to this. The one that just complains about stuff and you're like, hey, have, have you like donated money? Have you went to a thing? Have you carried like a wheelbarrow full of stuff? Oh, you're just saying things. Go and do something. Serve at the food pantry here or our community dinner that goes on every Monday night. Food pantry is Thursdays and Monday, and they could use your help. Serve there. Help make food. You don't have to set anything. Just show up and say, hey, I know how to make food. And they'll say, oh, do you? Come this way. Caregivers that you'd help a friend or a stranger through a rough time or a crisis. Like, I think this is probably because some of you, you're, you're like, I just can't get into that right now. <laughs> that's a lot. And I know if I get into that right now, I'm gonna be, well, that's a big, that's a big elephant to eat. Maybe it's time to help that, that friend or stranger through that time. Uh, try loving a guest. Don't worry about entertaining them. You ever feel like, you're like, oh no, I don't have a, uh, I like that they stopped by, but I was, man, I was just, I was watching TV. It was, it was a good day. That you would be able to Love someone and not feel like you have to entertain them. Say, hey, I was just watching this show and it was really great. Um, do you want to watch this show with me? <laughs> Mentor someone. Um, some of you have, maybe somebody's told you that before and you're like, what are you talking? That's, uh, that's a big one. Mentor someone. Um, I'll just say, you know more than you think you know. You know more than you think you know, and you'll leak stuff all over in a great way with just experience and stuff that you're like, and you'll think, doesn't everybody, no, they don't. They just don't. Not everybody knows that stuff. And it's important stuff that you have. Mentor somebody. It could be your nephew. It could be some, somebody, anybody that you recognize, man, that kid's not getting enough, uh, enough anything. Enthusiasts, 
Take yourself less seriously. Try to work on cultivating a spirit of gladness. Of gladness. Pray spontaneously with other people. You're the one who's able to do this. You have a kind of a superpower with this of being able to go up and saying, can I, can I pray for you right now? Can I pray for you right now? Not just think, oh man, I should pray, I should pray for that person. Or, hey, is there anything I, I can pray for you about? Like, I'll, I'll, I'll write it down and, and get it later, like you're getting away. That you're the person who can say, can I pray for you right now? And, and, things, and things can happen. And even if you think crazy miracles aren't happening, um, miraculously that person suddenly feels loved by God because you did that. Offer your whole body as a spiritual act of worship. This can mean um, haul and dirt. It could mean spread and mulch. You can sprain your whole body. Contemplatives that you would practice breath prayers, one sentence prayers in rhythm, in between breathing, that just going up and down and come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. And picking whatever it is and making it fit with however you can breathe. That you would observe the Sabbath. That you would observe the Sabbath. Intellectuals. A Bible study, you got to do a Bible study. And on your own would be okay, but it might be time for you to start a group. If you have wanted to be a part of a Bible study, if you know it would be beneficial, you just don't, it's never really worked out. It might be time for you to start one. We need new groups. We need more groups. I would challenge you to do scripture memorization because you're going to be one of the people who's able to wield it as a weapon. Because when, um, like, with counterfeiting money, they, the experts don't look for any kind of new technology or anything like that. Like they're not looking specifically for the latest, greatest thing. They study the original bill so perfectly and know it so inside and out that when something isn't that bill pops past their eyes, they know immediately, just immediately what it is. And you're able to do that with situations with um, voices that are coming in and you hear something that is out of line with scripture, something where uh, a person is being accused and the thing that they're hearing in their head is you're never going to be, you'll always be just a, and being able to recognize right away, oh, nope, counterfeit, that's not my God. He doesn't talk like that. I remember he actually said this. Think, think, think. And with that, you can be a witness. You can use that to urge other people towards Christ because you'll be armed with more knowledge.
That's your homework. All right, let's pray. God, thank you for just the people here today. I I just pray this sparked something that they would be able to lean into for their purpose, to be able to fall into that groove and maybe experience better than they've had before. More joy, more peace, uh, more security, that they don't feel as lost. And so, God, we just thank you for making us unique. We thank you that we're, we're made custom, that um, there's no dupes, and you made us perfect, and you accounted for the stupidity that we were going to pull. <laughs> we love you, Jesus. Thanks for your way of doing things. In your name, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.